Hey there, and welcome to On The Right Track, the podcast that talks business, digital marketing, and recruitment without the jargon. We are simply people talking to people. I'm your host, Holly. And I'm your host, Kate. Whether you're a business owner looking for ways to grow and scale, a professional looking to share helpful tips and tricks with like-minded people, or simply looking for a safe space to share the wealth of knowledge, we believe that we're all on the right track in our own way. Join our tribe as we explore the hottest trends in the biz and give you exclusive insights into what it's really like behind the scenes. From the success stories to the horror stories, nothing will be left unturned. New episodes are available every Wednesday, 12.30 AEDT time on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts and more. Got a question, comment or have a suggestion of what you want us to talk about next? You can submit your voice recordings, which we'll put directly into our episode, or you can leave your comment via our Facebook page. Just go to Facebook and search On The Right Track Podcast. And now for today's episode. All right, off we go. So hi, everyone. Today is a really exciting topic. As me and Kate were just discussing before we started um, recording, there are many, many, many recruitment horror stories, even just in the past few days that we have gone through. So it's really exciting that today's topic is the recruitment hell that can happen. So, yeah, yeah. <laughs> the recruitment, right, Kate? Oh, it's a roller coaster. And I think you've just got to strap yourself in and hang on tight. <laughs> Yes. Even before I started working in the recruitment space, I think my idea of what recruitment is, maybe most people share this as well, but when I was thinking of like recruiters and HR people, I was thinking, it must be so nice. All they do all day is meet people and talk with people and then find them their ideal role. Like that just sounds like a dream job. Oh, I, I agree 100%. And I sort of think back to um, other roles that I'd had and, and working with recruiters and, yeah, they're always out for coffee and seeing clients and it's all just rainbows and skittles and so much fun. And I was just like, oh, yeah, that's I could do that. Absolutely. Yeah. And then the truth comes out when you first start, right, Kate? Oh, absolutely. And I think it's yeah, like it's the ups and downs and, and you've just got to take that with any role and you just got to roll with it. And like, yeah, as we were talking about, we've got some really, really good clients and then we've got clients that we don't work with anymore. That is so true. Yeah. And there's a reason why we don't work with certain clients. Mm, absolutely. And I guess that sort of, yeah, if we talk about those reasons why it comes down, well, there's, there's lots of things, but really I think communication is the most important thing. Um, open and honest communication between the recruiter, myself, um, and also too with the candidate as well. Um, Yeah, some clients may chop and change things around to suit them and their business, which is is their prerogative. They can do that. But at the end of the day, you're still working with a candidate and someone that that is wanting a job and, and, and looking for a job. And sometimes those people may be really, really desperate for a job. Other times they might be in a job and looking to leave. So you've just got to, I guess, weigh that up as well. 
Yeah, I think most people think when recruiters are talking with potential candidates, the candidate is raring to go and they're just like ready to go out into another role straight away. But that's oftentimes not the case. I always talk to people um, on your behalf, on your LinkedIn with the candidates. And it's mostly people who are not very happy in their current role and they are looking for a different position. But that doesn't mean that you know they're ready to leave their current position as it is there has to be some negotiation oh absolutely and and i think they're the the tricky candidates that yeah they're they're in a role so they're getting paid and it might and it's a stable job so yeah they're looking but they really want to know the ins and the outs of the role and and go through the process and even one slight little hiccup will scare them off and they won't go forward or you can get all the way to the end to the negotiations and contracts and a counter offer comes out. And just talking through candidates about that, I always say to them, look, you had to go through this whole process of looking for a job, interviewing with myself, interviewing with clients, going through all of that for your company to realise your worth and offer you a counter offer. Is that really worth it? And is that couple of grand really going to make the difference? And you hope that they turn around and say no. (laughs) You do hope that. And it has happened. Sometimes they do go, yep, you're right. Other times they go, no, I'm going to stay for an extra $2,000. And it's interesting because they generally call you back in about six months' time and say, hmm, you were right. So, yeah. See, there's a reason why you're a recruiter, Kate. You can see into the future. (laughs) I wish. (laughs) So let's backtrack a little bit. So um, when you first started out as a recruiter, because I am not a recruiter, I just help recruiters. So I know, of course, the steps, which is another whole roller coaster. Each recruiter has their own specific strategy when it comes to recruiting. But in your case, Kate, when you were first starting out as a recruiter, even before you were a business owner, just in the healthcare space, you were a recruiter, right? Yeah, yeah, working for someone else, yeah. Yeah, and when you were working in that role, um, what kinds of things were you seeing in that recruitment space that just weren't clicking? Um, A lot of the things that I was seeing was the way, I guess, candidates were treated um, in terms of, oh, don't worry about the candidate, it's all about the client. And you can find candidates anywhere. There's an abundance of candidates. It's the clients that you need. And and that to me didn't fit well because really the candidates, they're like gold. Um, Clients are are wonderful as well. But your candidates, if you've got a good group of candidates, it makes your, your job a lot easier. So that was a big thing that stood out to me. And then I guess the process with the candidates and lining them up with the clients in terms of interviews, it was like, yep, this is your interview time. Yep. Off you go. There's no prepping. There was no getting them ready or even talking to the candidate after the interview of of what they thought or how they thought they went. It was much more ring the client straight after the interview. And I just, yeah, that, that to me was a big, big issue. And that's where I sort of thought, okay, when I started my own business, it was much more about that healthy mix between client and candidate. Yeah, because that's what it is at the end of the day. You need that healthy communication between not only yourself and the candidate and yourself and the client, but between the client and the candidate. And sometimes 
what we've obviously found is that they don't communicate very well <laughs> so that's why you have to come in and become the moderator absolutely or i call myself the meat in the sandwich yes <laughs> um and i guess a perfect example of that is even just yesterday i had a, a candidate interview and i rang the candidate afterwards and had a chat to them and yeah the candidate just sort of said to me oh it was a really abrupt and aggressive interview and and they just questioned me over and over and over on the same thing and I sort of thought okay and then when I spoke to the client they sort of said to me oh the candidate was very um, quiet and we really had to probe and that's when I sort of went okay well the issue that's happened here is you've come across aggressive the candidate shut down so it's not going to work <laughs> um, so yeah it's just you, you gotta you have to manage that and, and communicate with both parties absolutely yeah and you don't at least from my imagination I've only before I used to work with recruiters um, I was obviously interviewing for positions I was the candidate so all we see as the candidate is there's a job advertised we are interested we contact the person whoever's name is on that job description call up set up an interview we go in have the interview and then we're hired we don't yeah. see everything else that goes on in between so can you kind of describe what those steps are in recruitment absolutely how long have we got and how long is the list um yeah so let, let's let's sort of start with the top we're getting the client and and we've chatted about that um before in other podcasts and sorry other clubhouses and what we do so getting the client number one then getting the role um, and the job description from the client and then working through actually writing the job ad and, and writing the role. And I guess that's when you can really, you can even do a whole session on ad writing and, and what to do and what to look for as well, but really making it obviously the correct information um, on the, the job ad. There's nothing worse than writing something that the candidate really, really wants, but that's not what's going to happen. Um, so making sure that it's right information and making sure that you've got enough sort of hooks in there to get people interested. And, and the big one is obviously about the salary. And we had a chat about that earlier today as well with another role we were working. So that's that part. Then you're looking at finding the candidate and doing the outreach, which is what we do a lot of. Um, and that's a huge process. So I guess let, let's talk about that one, Holly, and, and I guess that process that we go through there. For sure, yeah. So, you know, we use LinkedIn mostly to find not only clients but candidates. And I think um, a lot of people don't realise how amazing LinkedIn is as a resource when finding candidates and talking with people. But the thing is, with talking to people, you have to talk to the person. And I think many people who use LinkedIn they are primed for business so it's very much a business first people second or not even people come into the equation at all they're just business 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 um so that approach obviously comes across 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 <laughs> in that outreaching strategy and you can't hide um that kind of outreaching if that is your purpose they're gonna know the person on the other end is gonna know that you're not there to talk about them. They're there to do what is the best interest in that person. Um, so yeah, you have to be really careful when it comes to your outreaching strategy. So the way that we 
outreach to candidates, especially since they are, you know, they're probably, we don't know their story. They're probably very much happy. At least that's what we hope in their current role. So we have to approach them like just someone in a bar, just say, hey, how you doing? Would love to connect. Because even if they become just a connection, they're not interested in a role at the end of the day, they might know someone in their network who is interested and that could be their perfect candidate. So you have to approach someone as though, you know, you're just meeting at a bar and you're just there to make a connection with someone. And I think that's what people very much miss out on on LinkedIn. So yeah, the outreaching strategy takes a long time as Kate frustratingly unfortunately that is sometimes just how it has to be um it can take a couple of days if you're organically messaging that person and having a conversation or it could even take a couple of weeks and in the world of recruitment a couple of weeks is like a decade isn't it hi everyone i'm so sorry about that hiccup i don't know what happened it kicked me off of clubhouse um but I'm, we're back so where were we kate yeah, so we're just talking about um, yeah finding the candidates and the outreaching that we do on LinkedIn and you were just sort of walking through that process and obviously saying that um, people are primed for business and, and they don't want to sort of sit there and chat about the weather. But, um, yeah, just you've got to be a little bit careful as well with that. Oh, for sure, yeah. You've got to, yeah, like you said, you can't be talking about the weather and going off on a tangent, but you've got to make it um, personalised to that person, maybe talking about maybe some, oh, you know, it's been a really interesting couple of years with the pandemic. Have you faced any challenges? And at that point, if they reply with, oh yeah, you know, my workplace has, you know, not been the best for me, you can kind of get an inkling that they're looking for a different role or they might be interested in learning more. So that's when you kind of jump in and say, oh, well, you know, I've got a, a job coming out um if you want to know more about it and usually they'll be like oh hell yeah so yeah you just talk to them like a person and have a casual conversation and then of course you could always say oh you know I've got this job offer do you want to hear about it and if they say no you can always say do you have anyone in your network or maybe later down the line would you be open to hearing about other job opportunities and then you just see where you go from there it's up to them yeah, absolutely. And I think the best thing there is you always want to leave it on a positive note. So if this role's not for them that you're talking to them about, you never know what's going to come up tomorrow <laughs> in terms of roles and things. So I think if you always leave it on that positive note, you can sort of go back and say to them, we talked about this role, I've now got this, would this be something of interest to you? So that's that's a big thing there as well. Love that. So the next big thing, once we've you know found that hopefully the ideal candidate and you know they're interested in hearing more what happens after that Kate? Yeah so then we move into the interviewing process so I go through quite a um, I wouldn't say lengthy but an in-depth interviewing process where I work through their resume and look at the roles they're currently in and their past roles um, talk about reasons for leaving that sort of thing and then sort of go through that formal interview process of talking about their strengths and their weaknesses, what motivates them, what they're looking for in their next role, what's important to them, what sort of culture they look for, those sorts of questions um, to really, I guess, drill down and, and make sure that the role that we're all talking about is the right fit for them. 
um, as well as then talking about the role, about the organisation and next steps from there. So that process usually takes anywhere from 45 minutes to an hour um, doing an online interview. Then if I'm sort of happy with that and it looks like it's going to be the right fit, I do the reference checks before I send to the client because there's nothing worse than getting all the way to the end of the process and you do reference check and something doesn't add up or it's not what you what they say it is um so always good to do the reference check then the next step is liaising with the clients about the candidates so that shortlisting process and this is really really important because sometimes clients look at candidates on paper and go they don't fit in this box and that's where I guess being a recruiter you can actually say well and particularly when we're talking healthcare roles um, and my background as a registered nurse, I've got a good understanding of, of the role, what they're looking for, and I guess those transferable skills and can really sort of highlight that to the client to really showcase the candidate. Mm. So that takes a little bit of time there and, and, and that communication process. And during that process, that's when I sort of talk to the clients about, okay, if you want to move forward, let's lock in interview times um, so then I can sort that out with the client, with the candidate, and also to putting the ground rules up front in terms of that client relationship and in terms of timely feedback, which is a very big one. <laughs> um, and yeah, just, just making sure that we're all on the same page. So then once the client has said, yep, I want to interview this candidate and that candidate on this day, I then go back to the candidate and set that up. And then I also do a bit of a prep with the candidate before the interview. So what that looks like is I talk to the candidate about the role and, and I ask them, okay, what, what do you know about the organisation? Because that's always a question the client will ask, but also to walking the candidate through what sorts of questions the client's going to ask them so that they're prepared because um, there's nothing worse than when you get to interview and they ask you a question and you go completely and utterly blank. Um, not a good impression. <laughs> not and that's happened to me a few times actually but yes yeah oh that's that's another one we can talk about too um so yeah we do that prepping and then setting up for the interviews then once the candidate has had an interview I always ask the candidate to give me a call once they finish if I don't hear from them within say an hour and a half after the interview I will ring them and find out their feedback first because just by talking to the candidate first, you get a really good sort of understanding of how they thought the interview went. And I even asked the candidate, look, did they talk about next steps? Um, and you sort of do a bit of a, a soft close with the candidate as well. And if they're happy and sort of say, look, if they want to move to a second round interview, would you be happy to do that? So that you're sort of getting a bit of an understanding of where they're at rather than being completely blindsided and the candidate, the client says, I absolutely love them. And you talk to the candidate and the candidate goes, no, I don't want to, don't want to go forward. So you're really sort of managing that process. So then it's getting the feedback from the client and making sure that all matches in. And I guess my biggest pet peeve is not getting that feedback from clients. Um, oh, that's just, and I think like a candidate's been good enough to go and interview and, and go through that process. Timely feedback is so important. Okay. If you can't do it that day, give me feedback the next day. Don't, wait a week um you need to give that timely feedback because chances are these candidates may be actively looking and going for other roles or the candidate is 
you know you know what it's like when you're waiting for Christmas Day to come as a kid and, and you want to see your presents. It's it's a bit it's that anticipation and, and you want to know where you're at and, and how you went. Um, so that's that's a big one there as well. Um, and then the next process is going through all the negotiations, so the contract, the salary and the start date, and that can either run really, really smoothly or that can go completely sideways as well. Um, when a salary offer has been offered and the candidate doesn't want that or it's too low and you've got to negotiate that, so that's always an interesting one. Then all that going smoothly, you've placed the candidate. So how many steps have we gone through? Oh, gosh. <laughs> One, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine, ten. The negotiation is eleven, but there's more to come, yeah. isn't there? Oh, there is more to come. So it's not just place the candidate, see you later. I do follow up. So I follow up with my candidate and my clients. So my candidates, I always send them a text the day before they start. And I'll usually give them a call at the end of the week to see how they went. I check in with the clients during that first week to see how everything's going. And then I do keep following up with both candidate and clients, um, usually every sort of first month, second month, third month. And then after then, it's usually sort of monthly, if not every two months, just to make sure everyone's happy and it's all going well. Yeah. So of those however many steps we've got, I think there must be about 50 if not more steps which one would you say is the trickiest or the one that you come to and then it all goes wrong um there's probably two there that are are tricky and that's when you're shortlisting the candidates it can either go really really smoothly and the client loves the candidates and all is well or you get to the shortlisting and the client goes, no, I don't want this. And the job brief that they've given you is completely different to what they're looking for. So that happens. (laughs) And yeah, oh, exactly. I think it was last week. (laughs) So when that happens, it's like, okay, back to the drawing board and you've sort of got to start all over again. Um, And then I think the other place that it can go a bit sideways is through the negotiation process, but I generally can get through that. And then obviously with all of my replacements, I do offer a three-month replacement guarantee. So if they they drop off within the first three months or something happens, I will replace them. So you've got to manage that as well. Um, And if they do drop off, well, you start the process all over again. Oh, we love that when, you know, the candidate or the client gives us a bombshell on the weekend of all things and then, you know, says, do you have anyone else for Monday? And it's like, oh, I know. <laughs> it's, yeah, like, uh, no. <laughs> Where do you think we get them? We just pull them out of our hats. and. Oh, well, the worst is that, yeah, you do a replacement and then you replace the candidate and then something happens with that candidate before they start and you've got to replace it again. And we've had that as happened as well. Yeah, I think I've just got PTSD from that experience, to be honest. Oh, so do I. And you, and you just keep smiling. And when that happens, like obviously it's not the client's fault and you've still got to just yeah have that professional relationship and, and move forward. And, yeah, the good thing is that, um, yes, it has happened. Um, and the client that we work with, they've been absolutely phenomenal throughout the whole process and, and really good. So that's been a positive there. Yeah. Uh, I've just got a quick question before I guess we wrap up. Um, then 
When it comes down to the shortlisting, what could you say to anyone um, who's looking to recruit? How can they make that step if they are looking to work with a recruiter? How can they make that step as easy for the both of you as possible? Because at the end of the day, all you both want to do is find a candidate in the shortest amount of time. Yeah, so I guess that's that's a tricky question. Um, I guess from a candidate point of view, make sure that they do have an up-to-date resume um, and if they are actively looking, make themselves available to be able to go to interviews and I guess, as bad as it sounds, jump through some of the hoops that some clients do expect candidates to go through. Um, so it just it's just that open-mindedness and... I guess, trust the process and trust in your recruiter because at the end of the day, the good recruiters, they have the the candidate and the client's best interest at heart. Exactly. At least that's what I experienced with you. Oh, oh, did I? No. Okay, we're fine. I thought I hopped off again then. I had a panic. <laughs> okay, we're good. So um, yeah, if anyone wants to work with you in their next Um, career move if they are a candidate looking for a new role or if they're a client looking to recruit where can they find you Kate? Yeah so the best place to get in contact with me is on LinkedIn that's sort of my main um, social media platform so look up Kate Flippence so Kate K-A-T-E Flippence F-L-I-P-P-E-N-C-E you can send me a message on LinkedIn and my phone number and email is on there as well or if you wanted to email me direct my email is kate at alignrecruiting.com.au and Holly I guess for people out there that want help with digital marketing and and I guess recruiters that are looking to up their game how do they get in contact with you? Thank you. You can find me again on LinkedIn uh, with Holly Alloway. That's H-O-L-L-Y-A-L-L-A-W-A-Y. You can also find me on my website, which is auroradigitalmarketingsolutions.com. And on that, I have a few downloadable resources for anyone who wants to use LinkedIn and optimize their outreaching strategy, as well as if you're looking to create some content and, you know, start advertising for job roles and you want to keep the audience engaged, there's some free resources out there for you. Uh, feel free to download them. And if you want any advice on how to outreach to uh, candidates or to clients, again, you can reach me on email or on LinkedIn. My email is holly at auroradigitalmarketingsolutions.com. All right, I think we're going to wrap up for today, Kate. Thank you so much for letting us in on the recruitment process and some horror stories along the way as well. No problems. But at the end of the day, it is fun and I love it. And yeah, it's, 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 a, great, it's a great journey. Yeah, I think we're going to have to go into a lot more detail on the um, horror stories and specifics. I think that's going to be a part two. Oh, absolutely. Yeah. Cool. All right, let's wrap up then, Kate. Thank you so much. No worries. Thank you, Holly. You have a good rest of the week and we'll talk again same time, same place next week. Awesome. Thanks, Kate. Bye. Thanks. Bye.